The following podcast is a mass media production. Hi, I'm Josh Galindo. And I'm Crystal Galindo. Welcome to the Going Galindo Rugrats and Renovations podcast. A lifestyle podcast where we will offer our experience and expertise in building real, lasting wealth through renovating and flipping homes. And the chaos that comes with balancing a family of six, leaving nothing unsaid. Follow our wild ride we call life and apply our lessons to your own journey. Welcome to season three of Going Galindo Rugrats and Renovations podcast. And today we're going to talk about why I think the Burr model is an excellent way to go bankrupt. (laughs) And after you talk about that, I'll talk about um, how I manage all 33 of our rental properties and the do's and don'ts to protect yourself as a landlord. I'm excited to hear. Let's do it. Hey guys, we're going to pause this episode really quick so that we can hear from our sponsors. All right. We all know adulting is hard. You know what shouldn't be hard? Buying a house. Robert Coomer has helped us and our friends buy and refinance houses for the past 15 years. Every time we work with him, we know we're getting the best service possible and that the person on the other end of that phone call has a smile on their face. And that leaves a smile on ours. Call Robert Coomer. He does all the heavy lifting for you so you can worry about more important things like what kind of wine pairs with your leftover pizza. But seriously, give him and his team a call at 702-850-2000. You won't regret it. When you're selling a home, you want to make a great first impression, and the House of Vegas understands this. There is no better way to make that impression than with high-quality furniture that fits the house perfectly. Give my good friend Thomas at the House of Vegas a call for your home staging needs. They know time is money and will act quick. Their number is 310-503-3611. I think today we should talk about uh, rentals. Okay. I think it's one of the best things that we've done. Yeah. Why do you do it? How to overcome the fear on buying your first one. Mm-hmm. Why I don't like the Burr model, especially the one that they're advertising and kind of pumping out and, mm-hmm. and encouraging these guys to do. As they're saying to buy a house, fix it up, and then pull every dollar that you can out of it. Yeah, they want to over leverage it to, to the max. So buy, renovate, rent, refinance, Repeat. That's yes. what Burr stands for. So what I don't love about the what they're advertising, the Burr model is a great model. It's actually just the, it's the model that you, you, you use to acquire massive amounts of real estate. But where I think this new age version is dangerous and risky is that, um, is that they're encouraging you to over leverage the property. They're acting as if there's never been a market correction or there will never be a market correction. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and my issue with that, and so I'm sitting here actually at a recent party going, I hate the Burr model. It was an agent meeting. Okay. And so one of the agents goes, why? Like he was like shocked. Looks yeah. at me and goes, that's what I'm doing. And I'm like, shit. You know, I'm sitting here <laughs> talking shit about it. And then, and then he's like, that's what I'm doing. I go, well, explain to me how you're doing it. And he goes, you know, I buy a house. Mm-hmm. I fix it up a little bit. I rent it out and I refinance. He buys the house cash and he refinances out um, an appropriate amount of, of, of money or a reasonable leverage level. So I go, what is that? He goes, you know, if I put 150 into it, I pull out 170. I go, okay, well, what is it worth? He'll go 290, 280, 290, 300, somewhere in there. I'm like, you're doing it right. Yeah, that's not over leveraging. No. What I'm discouraging, or at least warning people of, I just don't do it. 
is you buy it for a hundred, you put fifty into it, um, it's a hundred and fifty thousand, and you go to the bank and it's worth three hundred, and you go to the bank and pull out two seventy, which leaves you ten percent equity, so ninety percent loan to value. So now your cost basis in that property is you know, let's just throw out what what the payment is on three hundred thousand. Let's say that it's fourteen hundred dollars a month. Mm-hmm. Okay, thirteen, twelve fifty to fourteen hundred, depending on what the rate is. Um, and let's say that you're getting in rent, so we're going to call it thirteen for easy math. Okay. Um, so you're get, so it costs you thirteen hundred dollars to own that house. The rent's fifteen hundred a month. Mm-hmm. So you make two hundred dollars a month. Now the model is go and buy as many as you can. Right. So the other thing that I don't love is, do I want three hundred tenants? AKA headaches. So do I want 300 headaches making $200 a month to make 60,000 a month? That's incredible, right? Yeah. Of course that's huge. Or do I want to make 600, so 60,000 divided by 600 is 100. Mm -hmm. I have 200 less headaches and I make the same amount of money. Right. 200 less um, chances of repairs, 200 less a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. The housing business is, is, is a tough business to scale because there's there's in, there's so many individual opportunities for issues, mm-hmm. vacancies, mm-hmm. repairs, you know, on each unit. Right. On each individual unit. So my concern is that if the market corrects and you've got a $1,300 payment, where people are missing the big picture here is if the market just goes down 20%, the house was worth three hundred, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, the market goes down twenty percent. That's sixty thousand dollars. So now the house is worth two forty, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Okay. So now you go and buy the house for two forty. Now you get you put down your ten percent, twenty percent, whatever it is called, ten percent. Say you're an aggressive investor. You put down ten percent. So you're into that house for two twenty five. What's your cost to borrow versus mine? Let's just throw a hypothetical number out there. Let's say that it's a thousand bucks a month. Okay. So for you to meet your return, you only have to rent the house out for thirteen hundred a month, right? Right. Okay. So now you come on the market at thirteen hundred a month. Hey, waving your hands, nice clean product. Thirteen hundred a month. You could live here for thirteen hundred. You could live here for thirteen hundred. My tenant calls me and goes, "Hey, Josh, the house next door is thirteen hundred a month." I'm either moving over there or I need you to lower my rent. And what do I say? Go fly a kite. I'm not lowering your rent. You have a lease with me. Yeah. Okay, well, you're like, whatever. So the next guy comes and rents your place for 1300 a month, and now... You're making nothing. You have a new comp yeah. in the neighborhood. So now when my house goes vacant and everybody else sees that you're 1300 a month, so everybody else lists at 1300 a month, now when my tenant leaves, my rent's now 1300 a month. So now I'm breaking even... On 60 properties. Mm-hmm. Ooh. Let's say the market corrects a little bit more. Or let's say that in Crystal, Crystal's an aggressive investor and she puts down 20%. Now to meet her return, she only needs to make 1200 a month, mm-hmm. 1150 a month. Now I'm going backwards on yeah. 60 properties. Now here's the other thing. Okay, just refinance out. Well, how do you do that? I owe 290 and it's worth 240 Right. Oh, the bank's not going to touch me. So now I'm screwed. I can't do a refi to get a lower rate. The only thing I have to do is come out of pocket to pay down the principal and then do a refi and hope that I can re- recalculate the loan over 30 years, which would drop the payment back down based on the amount that I put down. Mm-hmm. So you got to start shelling out tons of money to fix this problem. Right. Or you got to write a check every month to own the homes. Ooh. 
Burr. It's fucking freezing. <laughs> Scary. So that's why I don't love the over-leveraged part of the Burr model. I have one quick question, which is kind of how can you even – you can't refinance a house that you just bought within 90 days. That's right? the other thing that I don't like about the bird like, model. It, well, I don't it not take like a long about time? it. It does. It's a seasoning period. It's either yeah. six, so you have to wait six months in mm-hmm. order to get the true value. If you refi in less than six months, you can refi out what you paid for it or what the appraisal is, whatever's less. Okay. So it usually so comes out to what. You don't get your construction costs back, no. like they're saying you no. do. No. Yeah. And, and maybe unless a special, you wait six months. Unless you wait six months. So that's like a slow. It's a very slow way to build yeah, build v- your rental portfolio. Yeah. So the other thing, leverage is good, and I'm learning that and beginning to, uh, you know, encourage it all responsibly. Yeah. I've never heard someone come out and go, leverage, 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 responsibly. Everybody just like leverage, leverage, leverage. Yeah. yeah. Well, did, did everybody miss how people lost their shorts and, right. and you know what I'm saying in the in, in the last meltdown, they were over leveraged, they couldn't get out. So that's my two cents on the Burr model. No, that was good. That was good two cents. Oh, thanks, honey. <laughs> <laughs> so speaking of mistakes and, and and rentals and investing and the mistakes that you can make as a landlord, I think the first one is how you buy it. Yeah. And that's and, and to my point about the Burr model. So. When you use the Burr model, it's a great model. I'm going to stop calling it Burr because it's such a trendy term. Basically, you buy a property, you fix it up, you rent it out, and then you pull out a reasonable amount from from the property so that you have your cash again and you can go and buy another one. But you want to make sure to keep your payment low. You want to keep your payment low. And the way that I calculate it is, is I ask myself, what will this house always in any economic climate rent for? Mm-hmm. And I say, let's say it's renting right now for $1,400. I don't think you could ever live in this house for less than a thousand. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to pull out as much money as I possibly can, but make sure that my payment on that money doesn't exceed a thousand. Yes. Now I will never ever hate that property. Right. Because the second you start writing a check to own a property, it can go very quick <laughs> when you start hating that property. Yeah. I hate that house. I can't tell you how many people I heard saying that. Through the whole 2008, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13, I hate that house. I've owned it forever and I have to write a check every month to own it. Mm-hmm. Ugh. It's terrible. Yeah. Yeah. No. Terrible. So that's one of the big mistakes is, 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 is thinking that you can leverage your way to success. Um, you can, but just do it responsibly. Okay? Yes. So now good. you own the property, right? What's the big thing? So the other thing that I, I, I think is important to, to mention is... You know, you're, you're, being a landlord requires a little bit of grit. Mm-hmm. You got to be tough. You got to be willing to get into the trenches. You got to yeah. be willing to work things out. You got to be able to negotiate. So here's what you do. You know, you buy your first rental. You call your property manager. The property manager puts it on their website, and they only accept someone with a 700 credit score, first month's rent, last month's rent, full security deposit, key deposit, cleaning deposit, pet deposit, uh, and, and call it another deposit. Yeah. Okay. Let's say it's a $1,500 house a month. So $1,500 first month, $1,500 last month, $3,000, $1,500 deposit, $4,500. let us say there's another $500 in nonsense That's deposits. That's five grand. Five grand. And you got a credit score of 700 right? Right. So if you have all of that as a human being on the planet... 
you should buy. You'd probably be buying. <laughs> yeah. Right. So now it's rare for that unicorn to walk up and go, hey, I'm your guy. I'm perfect on every level and yeah. I've got all the cash I need, but I want to rent. Mm-hmm. That happens. It's out there. Okay. So now you sit and wait and you wait. Let's say that the rent is $1,500 a month and one month goes by. You might as well, assuming that for quick math, that there's only right. 10 months in a year, because my wife will call me out on that. Okay. Hey, that's how I do, do quick math. 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 Okay. So $1,500 a month, you missed the first month. You <laughs> might as well have asked $150 less right. per rent. Now, two months goes by. Again, assuming that's, 10 months in a right, year. Right, right. That's $300. You've lost, now you've lost $3,000 in rent. Right. So now you might as well have asked 300 less. You might as well have asked $1,200 right out the gate, because you're still waiting for the unicorn. Nope. No, I'm, I want the unicorn. What I'll do in comparison, <laughs> I don't have to do it as much anymore because the rental market's strong, but it's not always strong. And if in the event that it's not strong or that you're struggling to rent a property, here's a good solution. Mm-hmm. You put it on Craigslist, Facebook, offer up, um, reach out to your sphere of influence. Section eight. Section eight. And for me, I'd rather have a line out the door of 100 applicants and then I could go, nope, 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 yep. Because I think a big portion of our success in our rental properties is that we rented to people based on character. Mm-hmm. I have a lady come in. She tells me her story. I got foreclosed on. I had a short sale. Um, I got laid off. I had a divorce. My husband racked up a bunch of credit cards. Whatever the story is. But when I hear it and understand it, and then I go, okay, well, what's your job? Well, I've been at the Mirage for 25 years, um, and I'm you know, uh, in guest services, or, or I'm in the back room, or I'm in accounting, or something that's a super solid position. I'm like, well, this is a great tenant. Yeah. But on paper, she's terrible. Right. And I don't think a credit score really reflects anything as far as like rent anyways. I don't, I don't. I I would agree. The only thing that I don't love is evictions. Right. Evictions are a big no for me. Yeah. Because it's directly related to them renting a property. But besides that, it's like, okay, you didn't pay your credit card. Well, did you still pay your rent? Yeah. Great. (laughs) Most people always pay their rent and their car payment. Yeah. So, and you can, if you, if you miss a credit card payment, you could wreck your whole, your whole credit score. Right. So I obviously want to get a tenant in there right away. Mm-hmm. And if I'm feeling super insecure about them, then I raise the rent. Yeah. Listen, the rent, the I'm asking deposit. 1400 but you and I know you got a little hair on your deal. That sounds bad. I know that I'm asking 1400 in rent, but you've got a black eye. Yeah. You know, and I think to overcompensate the black eye, why don't we just... You know, raise the rent a little bit. I'll go fifteen hundred a month, and we'll collect a higher security deposit. Cool. Yeah. Cool. All right. Good. And now you got a solid tenant. Right. Here's the other thing. And if then you, they're thankful, grateful, and that was where I was going to go next. Okay. <laughs> well said. If 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 you are a good read of character, if you are a good, if you have a good judgment of character, and you can, you know, identify those types of people. Yeah. Then you will have chosen the right person, and when you do, that person will show gratitude by yes. accepting them, and because they will show you gratitude they will uh, work harder to make sure that they get you your rent. Right. And then it's a better relationship moving forward. Yeah. Hey, honey, do you know what time it is? I mean, I think I do. It's time to shout out sponsor Southwest Custom Construction and tell everyone how great they are. Oh, okay. That's easy. Nick is our go-to contractor. There's a reason he's done more than $75 million in construction renovations. He does quality work, he's dependable, and he can help you with just about anything. Is there anything you would add? Nick's a great guy. I think he covered what matters most. Give Nick at Southwest Custom Construction a call if you need a contractor you can count on. His number is 480-235-8148. 
Okay, so now, now that we've identified how to get our tenant, the other thing that I like to do, I'll tell my tenants this because I want them to feel at home. And when they feel like it's theirs, they don't ever want to leave. Right. So one of the things that I'll say is I'll like, listen, if you want to paint this wall green, have at it. But when you move out, I want the wall back to the way it was. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to check on you every 30 days. I'm not going to do a, a, a checkup every six months. Right. This is your home. I want you to enjoy it. Um, but when I get it back, I want it the way I gave you, gave it to you. And then now I've sent a message to them. I want you to make this your home. Yeah. And the more they make it their home, the more rooted they are in their comfort zone and their space. And, and they, they're they, not going to want to leave. They're not going to leave. Because turnover is the biggest problem. Yeah. And I think people neglect that. And that's why during the pandemic, Chris and I collected every single penny in rent. Mm-hmm. Because we worked with all of our tenants. Yes, absolutely. And because we worked with all of our tenants, we were able to collect everything. Mm-hmm. It's, it's the moment that you play... Only by the rule book. That's why I said you got to have some grit in this game, and what that means is that you got to be able you got to be able to take the I can't pay my rent for ten days. You've got to be able to take hey, um, you know my dog my aunt wants to move in with a dog for the next three months. Yeah. If you stick to the rule book only, then there's too many opportunities for you to go. Nope, we're done. You got to leave. Now, if they leave, how much is carpet and paint on just a regular house? I would say like three grand. Okay, call it three grand. Easy number. It's probably that's probably reasonable. Let's call it three. If the rent was twelve hundred dollars, yeah, and I'm shooting low. <laughs> yeah, and you're shooting low. You just gave up three thousand yeah. dollars because you weren't willing to wait ten days, and now you've pissed the tenant off. They're never going to pay you. Then they they leave. They probably trash right. the place. They don't leave it in good shape. When if you'd have just waited the ten days and worked with them, and maybe hit them with a little penalty or something like that, then then you would have had the same tenant and wouldn't have had the cost of turnover. So now if you hit your year on freezy math, a one thousand dollar a month rent. $12,000 a year and they move out because you didn't work with them and it cost you three to $4,000 plus the vacancy component. Right, so right. let's call it $5,000 to get a new tenant back in there. You really only made, what, eight, $9,000 that year, nine, $8,000 that year. So you just wrecked yourself. So now you might as well have asked like six fifty dollars a month in rent. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so one of the biggest mistakes that I've, that I've learned when being a, an amateur landlord uh-huh. Because I was so desperate to get the houses rented. So it's yeah. kind of contradictory to what I was saying, but there's a fine balance there. Is when the person comes to you and the house is wrecked, you're gonna love this one. Uh, and they go, It's okay. Just wave my security deposit oh, and I'll clean yeah. it. Or wave my first month's rent and I'll get it all right. Yeah. Okay. The person that's willing to accept the property like that is a terrible, terrible, terrible tenant. I remember we had a house or one of our fourplexes. The yeah. guy does it. This guy was a nightmare. Well, first he was really, really nice. <laughs> that was the frightening like, part. He's like, I just want a place. Like, I got this. Like, give me a couple months free and no security deposit. We're like, okay, okay. Like, we felt like he was doing us a favor. We're like so excited about it. And then he literally, I was like, does he have our address? Like, <laughs> oh, my God. I was so afraid. Yeah, we're worried about our safety. <laughs> yeah. So, no, don't do that. I wouldn't exchange that. You want someone to have some skin in the game the second they yeah. move in. So if you got to spruce it up. And they're not going to do it. So the, they, the second they move out, you have to do it. Yep, they never and do it. And then you just lost that money. Yeah, so that's a mistake that we've made. 
What are some other mistakes? Letting the rent get unpaid for too long without serving a notice. Right. So that's my that's the biggest mistake that I make. They they text me and they're like, oh, I'm gonna make it, and I'm like, you know, pulling at my heartstrings. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll wait, I'll wait. So I've learned that you know, working with them doesn't mean necessarily not collecting anything and giving them all this freedom. It means okay, setting date and expectations. Okay, so I understand you can't make it, and I want to work with you. Can you make a what can you pay today? And then this is the day that I'm going to serve a notice if you don't pay, right? Yeah. No, I think like seven to ten days is is my because here's After, why. Well, that that's the thing is it's not late till the fifth. So for me on the fifth, I'm like, okay, are you paying it today or am I serving a notice? And then of course it's seven days from that, so it's usually halfway through the month. And that's the and and and, and a smart tenant that will try to work the system, work the system mm-hmm. will know how long the eviction process takes. So they will wait until the 7th, then they get the phone call. Yep. And then they'll take you up on your threat. Oh, you're not going to you're not going to you're not going to serve me until the 10th. So now they know they've got till the 10th. Yeah. And of course they're working you the whole time. Oh, I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay, I'm going to pay. Okay. Then the 10th comes. Mm-hmm. And now they got 2 weeks. So they get that whole month for free. Yeah. So you want to hit them right away. When I say working with them, always hit them right away with the notice and then work with them because there's so many steps that the landlord has to continue to take. It's the, you know, it's the pay or quit mm-hmm. notice and then it's uh, the unlawful detainer mm-hmm. and then it rolls into the lockout. Mm-hmm. So all of those have time between each each step and... Um, and so you, if you're still working with them and they pay the rent, you can stop it at any moment. But if they don't, then at least you've gotten that ball rolling. At least you started it. Yeah. And I think the other thing to mention on that is I know that every time you send a notice, it costs money. So you have to make sure in your lease agreement, it, you include that they are responsible for those fees if you send them a notice. That way you cover yourself and you're not coming out of pocket for it. And any time that I do text a tenant like, hey, I'm going to have to send a notice, you know, that's going to cost me $75, which in turn is going to cost you $75, somehow they're able to pay it before I send a notice. One more mistake that I, that I know we've made and I've learned from is buying a property tenant occupied. Yeah. Sounds great. And it is great. Generally speaking, buying a property tenant occupied comes with a low rent rate. Yeah. Okay. Um, because that's generally why the seller's selling it. Right. And most of the time, that rent rate that they're paying made sense for what the original seller paid for the property. Right. But then what they're selling it for, and I'm ultimately buying it for, that rent no longer supports what I'm paying for it. Mm -hmm. So it's Mm -hmm. generally a low rent rate. So when you go to close, it's very important that you put in the lease, excuse me, in the purchase agreement. Before you you write the offer, it's very important to put in the purchase agreement all rents and deposits to be prorated and transferred through the close of escrow. Because I've had it where I just close. Yeah, you've done that a couple times where you just wanted the house so bad that you're like, I don't care about the security deposit. And then we're like... No. Yeah. And then they go to move out. They're like, "Where's my security deposit?" I'm like, "No." <laughs> yep. And then trust me, getting the money after out of the seller is, oh, is brain yeah. damage. No, so that's you'll not never get happen. that back. Yeah. So that was a big one. Serving notices immediately. Chris rent. Okay. You've got to pay attention to it. Normally, I was increasing rent pretty consistently. Yes. Um, the pandemic kind of halted all of that. Right. Right. You know, I didn't want to ruffle any feathers. Yeah, and you couldn't feel good about it. No. Right? Yeah, and it was fine. Well, I couldn't feel good about it. If they were paying their rent, I was ecstatic. Yeah. 
So let alone calling them and going, okay, hey, we're going to increase the rent. Yeah. But no. you, not, you need to increase the rent. Mm-hmm. You have to consistently increase the rent. What do I do? I find a fine balance. If the market rent is now thirteen fifty and they're paying twelve hundred, if I jack them to thirteen fifty, I might lose them. Right, that's a big jump for somebody. Fixed income, it's a big jump. Yeah, you know they've got all their bills lined up, and then all of a sudden they got to find a, they got to find a home for this new hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah, yeah. So I always kind of meet in the middle because I ask myself, what is it going to cost in the event that they tell me to go fly a kite mm-hmm. um, to get the house rent ready again and find a new tenant and then collect my thirteen hundred dollars a month? It's going to cost me a lot more than you know two grand. And not to mention the stress and to the pressure that you're under to try to get it rented as soon as possible because you don't want the property to be vacant either for vandalism and other items. Yep. So, uh, so I'll, I'll hit them in the middle. If mm-hmm. it should be 150 more, I'll go, okay, you know, let's go $85. Yep. You know, the other thing is, is if it's a hundred, go 95. If it's 150, go 145. And you make sure to let them know that you are going under also. Yes, and then communicate that. What I do is I send out the comparables going, hey, this is what things are renting for. So then if they get a wild hair in their mind and they go, "Ah, this is crazy, this is nonsense, I'm just going to move out and go rent somewhere else. I give them, I educate them that 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 option is likely not possible. Yeah, give them some perspective. And back to my point about always going like $5 below, Mm -hmm. it's a psychological play. If it's $85, just go 79. Yeah. And it feels a little less. If it's 100, go 95. Mm-hmm. You know, so instead of asking 1,200, go 1195. <laughs> <laughs> it's like so. you pay rent and get a Starbucks. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, so for us, I guess that's uh, those are the mistakes that we've made. I hope that that helps. Um, you got to be tough. You got to be tough. You got to be tough. I had to learn that the hard way. Yeah, you'll get abused. Yeah. So. No, uh, be tough, be lim- be nimble, be tough, be nimble, um, be willing to negotiate, mm-hmm. and, and just be realistic. Have realistic expectations. That's what it comes down to. Hey, guys, if you're looking for some family fun, I know I always am. Check out Circus Circus Hotel and Casino. At Circus Circus, there is something for everyone. Have a blast inside the Adventure Dome, a five-acre indoor theme park with 25 rides, or act like a kid again at the Midway playing arcade games or enjoying their daily free circus acts. Looking for a special date night? Look no further than their award-winning restaurant called The Steakhouse. Voted best steakhouse in Las Vegas. Book your stay today at CircusCircus.com. You know what, honey? One last thing. I know that you've you've experienced this the most, so I think you should speak I, on I it. I hope it's what I'm thinking you're going to say. Appliance abuse? <laughs> yes, yeah. Fire away. I just think that you need to include something in your lease agreement about the appliances being guaranteed. We do appliances guaranteed for 60 days. Therefore, when, you know, two years later when they're calling you, telling you that the ice machine doesn't work on the fridge and they want a whole new fridge, you know, you're not responsible to buy an entire new fridge. Um, For example, we had a brand new house in Mississippi that we bought, and less than a year later, the brand new microwave somehow was shot. And it was because the tenant, you know, just used the, abused the appliances, but we were responsible for replacing that microwave. And that was over $500 for the microwave and install. And that's a big chunk of the rent. Yeah. Yeah. I don't think people take that into account, but I think it's really important. I mean, one fridge goes one fridge up. Is that's your whole, yeah. That's right. your whole month. The washer, one washer dryer. Thousand bucks. Yeah. I think we replaced like seven last summer. Yeah. So we so, started including that in our lease agreement. We started including it. The other thing to do to overcome that is if you're flipping homes, find a home for your used appliances. Oh, when yes. you go to replace the used ones in the flips, 
keep the used ones so that you can plug them in where you need them. Mm -hmm. That's been a real, real uh, blessing for us. Yeah, because you can sell it for two hundred dollars, or you can put it in your unit, and I mean, to replace in the unit is way more than two hundred dollars. Yeah. Good job. Well, thanks. All right, right, guys, that's going to do it for today. Thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, please rate, subscribe, and share our podcast. You can also connect with us on social media or at galindogrouprealestate.com. Until next time, thanks again for listening.